Hey, Jess. Hey, Kat. How are you? Good. I always like how I say it that way. Jess. 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 Like you're trying to coax something out of me. <laughs> always. Yeah. A good episode. Bring it to me. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, fun fact. We are re-recording this to our to our Ooh. guests. We are re-recording this one because my microphone messed up last time. It's and if sounding... it seems like I'm acting too good at not remembering, <laughs> don't be that impressed. I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah. My microphone was, it sounded like a DJ was like scratching records and <laughs> <laughs> the Snapchat that I got <laughs> it was like, I bro, literally like, like, what is happening? <laughs> Very unusual for some reason. It was hilarious. Anyways, I'm hyped <laughs> because what I do remember was, I think at the end of it, I go, wow, that was such a good episode. Yeah, because it's like shorter too than my normal ones. <laughs> Here we go. It's going to be shorter. Instead of six pages, it's three. <laughs> wow. Half the time. Impeccable. Literally. Literally. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to jump into it? I want to. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Let's go. Okay, so we do not need our spooky shoes today. Oh, thank God, because that was rough last time. <laughs> I mean, it's gruesome. Okay, so you I, need... I can do a little gory. Yeah, you need some tolerant shoes, I guess. <laughs> See, I can do some, like, real-world shit. It's when it's, like, not people that are alive doing things. It's not, uh-huh. That's not That's not my favorite. I get it. I mean, last week's episode, or two weeks ago, what what day is it? Um, that episode. The Queen Mary, that one, uh, that one got me. Yeah. I will say the most got me episode was our Dahmer episode. That had me, like, sick for a long time after we recorded it. The research had me sick. Like, I could not even watch the TV show. Yeah. I believe it. It is Ew. Anyways, so speaking of TV shows, you may know who this is. I'm talking about John List today, who is the inspiration for the show The Watcher. Which is I just got so excited. I totally remembered what we were talking about all over again, and I'm so excited all over again. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. John Emil List was born on September 17, 1925, to parents John and Alma. He was the only child that they had. John was a practicing Lutheran and was even a Sunday school teacher. He graduated from Bay City Central High School in 1943, and shortly after, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and served as a laboratory technician during World War II. His father, unfortunately, passed away in 1944 while he was overseas. Oh. And in 1946, List was discharged from the Army and enrolled at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor where he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration. Okay, so he's got a degree. Yeah. yeah. What so, college is there? That's University of Michigan? 
University of Michigan. Yep. Oh. U of M. I feel like I knew something. Go me. He also gained a master's degree in accounting and was commissioned a second lieutenant through the ROTC. Oh, so he's a smart pants. Yes. Okay. In November 1950, List was recalled to active duty for the Korean War. At Fort Eustis in Virginia, he met Helen Morris Taylor, who was a widow of an officer that was killed in action in Korea. She lived near the base with her daughter, Brenda. About a year after he was re-enlisted, he and Helen married on December 1st, 1951, and the family moved to Northern California, where List became part of the Finance Corporation of the Army. That is so impressive to be, like, on that side of the Army. I feel like, like, yeah. you have to be top-notch to be all the way up there. Yeah. It, That's impressive. Exactly. You have to have, He's... like, all the things going for you. <laughs> Smarty pants. Yes. After completing his second tour in 1952, the family moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, where he eventually became an audit supervisor at a paper company. He and Helen had three children together there. So that's four kids in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he... Him, his wife, four kids. Correct. Well, yes. Yeah, because <laughs> Helen had the, the mm-hmm. daughter. Yep. Gotcha. In 1959, List became the general supervisor of the accounting department. Helen, however, became increasingly unstable with her alcohol abuse. As some people do. Yeah. So it's turning kind of sad here. In 1960, Brenda, the oldest daughter, married, Mm -hmm. and List decided to move the remaining family to Rochester, New York, where he became the director of accounting services at Xerox. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) His career path is very impressive. I know. Like, wow. Okay. In 1965, he accepted a position as vice president of a bank in New Jersey. The family moved into Breeze Knoll, which is the name of their mansion, which is a 19-room Victorian mansion located at 431 Hillside Avenue in Westfield. His mother also moved in with them. Like, he created an apartment in his attic, essentially, for her to live in. When you have 19 rooms, might as well have a whole neighborhood move in. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why the mother got shunned to the attic, but. (laughs) Maybe it was like an independence thing, but like 19 rooms. Like you got to think, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like how many rooms does my house have? (laughs) I have no many. No many. (laughs) No many. You got no many rooms. I have no idea how many this is what I'm trying to say. I have no idea how many square feet this house was. But I can imagine at least 10,000. Like I have seven rooms and my house is small. Small. And when I say rooms, I mean small rooms, including bathrooms. <laughs> seven. <laughs> I just counted. I counted. It took me three seconds to count. I have ten. So imagine having double what you have of your house. Yeah, no. That's wild. So, now things are going to get a little 
gruesome. So trigger warning. If you don't want to listen to anything gruesome, like skip to the next episode. <laughs> I just thought like, you know what? I don't get to not participate. No, you have to stay here. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Okay, but it's no spooky shoes, so I'm happy. Okay. Well, we'll see how you feel after this. On November 9th, 1971, while the kids were at school, John List joined his wife in the kitchen, and while she was sipping her morning coffee, he shot her in the back of the head. Oh my god. The nonchalantness of that whole statement. Yep. She had woke up early, and then drank her coffee, and then did not finish her coffee because her husband shot her in the head. Yep. And then he went up to the attic where his mother was in her apartment. And while she was sleeping in bed, he shot her above the left eye. No, he shot his mom? Yep. <gasps> he shot his mom. He shot I mean, I mom. guess he also shot his wife, so. I mean, it just keeps going downhill, so oh strap in. <laughs> when his daughter Patricia, who is 16, and youngest son Frederick, who is 13... Arrived home from school, he shot them in the back of the head as well. The babies. Yeah. Then he made himself a sandwich before driving to the bank to close his accounts and his mother's bank accounts, who he had access to. Then went to Westfield High School to watch his oldest son, John Frederick, who was 15, play in a soccer game. The psychopath that is reeking. From all of this. Like, yeah. he's just going about his normal day after killing his entire family. And then, like, you know what? My oldest son has a soccer game today that I told him I was going to go to. I suppose I should go to that. Like I said, I was, like, what? Yeah. The hell? Yeah. It's true, like, psychopath. Yeah. After driving him home, List shot him repeatedly because, as evidence later showed, his son tried to fight back and defend himself. <gasps> Yeah, so sad. So, so sad. And he had no idea that when he was going home, his entire family was going to be dead. What the hell? This is so fucked up. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's... What the hell? I know, it's really sad. Poor babies. I mean, and mom and the wife, but, like, still, like, the... Ugh. Yeah. That's awful. It's hard. What a psychopath. Mm Mm-hmm. So, speaking of psychopath, this is odd. Um, List placed the bodies of his wife and children on sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom and left his mother's body in her apartment. Then he went to his study and wrote a five-page letter to his pastor, claiming that he saw too much evil in the world and killed his family to, quote, save their souls. So it's like a mercy killing in his head. Yeah. Like, that's why he wasn't bothered is because he he saw himself as doing something correct. Exactly. What? Yeah. Um, this... That's not, that's not anybody's choice. Like, you don't, just, if you're listening, just understand that you don't get to choose if somebody dies or not. That's not your call. No. Uh, just, uh, in case anybody's ever like, you know what, that that does sound pretty like a nice, merciful thing to do. No. (laughs) It's fucked. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, this letter that he wrote to his pastor was found in the desk drawer later on. 
After writing the letter, he cleaned up the crime scenes, removed his pictures from all family photos, and then turned on the radio to a religious station and left the house. Okay, that's pretty spooky shoes. What the hell? Yeah, it's very spooky shoes. He took himself out of all the pictures? Oh my gosh, so that way when everybody was like, where is he? What does he look like? Exactly. Well, I mean, they could probably do like a sketch, but I don't know if back then if it was so like, because I feel like today they could be like, yeah, he had brown eyes. And then basically here's a picture of what, exactly what that person looked like, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it was like that back in it. <gasps> Smarty pants with the sneaky shoes. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't like it either. So, after he left the house, he canceled all deliveries that were scheduled to be to the house, which I'm assuming was, like, milk. Milk? (laughs) (laughs) The milkman? I have no idea. Milk, maybe mail. The mailman? Yeah, I guess mail. Um, And he also contacted his children's schools, saying that the family would be on a vacation for a few weeks. Casual. Um, I guess when you are VP of a pres of a company, you probably can take your kids on a couple weeks vacation. That's insane. Hold that thought. <sighs> no red flag. Hold that thought. Oh no. Um, nearly a month later, on December seventh, police were finally called to the house for a welfare check because neighbors had heard the music. And seeing the lights on and no one moving around. Yeah, and like also nobody in or out. Like I feel like that would. Mm-hmm. That's red flags. Yeah, that would raise some suspicions for show. Um, the police entered through an unlocked window leading into the basement, and then when they went upstairs, they discovered the bodies. Noticing that List was not among the bodies, a nationwide manhunt was launched. Which yeah. was so difficult because all reliable photos of him had been destroyed. Because he's a smarty pants. The family car was found at JFK Airport in New York City, but police <gasps> found no evidence that List had even boarded a flight. Okay, but what are the odds that this man had a fake identity, hopped on a plane, and is gone? I feel like it's pretty high. Yeah. He like he worked for he worked for what did we say Xerox? Yeah. Well, so that was like, before he worked in so he lived in New Jersey. Oh, that's Jersey true. That's now. states away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me just trying to think of the unthinkable. I know. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. So Alma's body was flown to Frankenmuth, Michigan where she was bur- buried at St. Lorenz Lutheran Cemetery. Helen and her three children were buried at Fairview Cemetery in Westfield. Breeze Knoll, the mansion, remained empty until it was destroyed by a fire in August of 1972. Although the destruction was officially ruled arson, no suspects were persecuted, and this is still unsolved. What the fuck? It just burned down? It just burst into flames? Yeah. I mean... On arson. Okay, so, like, they know somebody deliberately burned this. Correct, but they don't know who. Hmm. Included in the destruction 
was the ballroom stained glass skylight, which was a Tiffany original that was worth $100,000 in 1972, which is roughly $650,000 today. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And you said that was the ceiling piece of the It's like a skylight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a shame. I mean, obviously an entire family died there and that's really the terrible part, but like that that's insane. I know. Um, but you know, after a whole family has been murdered in on the premise and yeah, after it burned down, yeah. you would think yeah. you know, they just leave it alone and not sell it. No, yeah. they built a new house. In 1974. Oh, that just gave me the chills. There's a whole new house there now? Yep. Oh, hell no. I I bet it got sold to somebody that, like, is interested in the whole story behind the house and, like, finds it intriguing rather than... sure now that's... Totally messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my god. Crazy. Well, I'm sure it went... They built the house and it went pretty cheap, but I guess because it wasn't the existing... Original existing home... Yeah, I mean, you can't look at the realtor and say, was somebody murdered here? Because technically, no, the house is new. Right. I I don't care what you say, that's bad juju. I, no. <laughs> yeah, that land is, cur- like, that, that stuff is haunted. Yeah, no. Not gonna mess with it. I'm good. Mm-mm. That's a no. So you may be wondering what the heck happened to List. Like, where'd he go? Do we know where he went? We do. <gasps> okay, good. So, List traveled by train from New Jersey to Michigan to Colorado and ended up settling in Denver in 1972. He took an accounting job under the name Robert Peter Clark, which was actually the name of one of his college classmates, who, funnily enough, doesn't even remember him. That doesn't remember (laughs) Clark? A List. He doesn't, like, Robert, the actual Robert, doesn't remember who John List was. Wow. Yeah. Well, also, like, that's the most, like, generic name, I feel like, that he probably could have come up with. Yeah. That he just remembered. Like, that makes sense, where it's, like, you know, John Doe or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Robert Peter Clark was his new persona. Yeah. It's his identity. Yes. From 1979 to 1986, List was the comptroller at a paper box manufacturer outside of Denver. He joined the Lutheran Church and ran a carpool for members. So he's just living his life. Like, why isn't he killing those people? Why isn't he trying to save them? And he's just never brought up that he just brutally murdered his entire family. I guess it wasn't brutal, but it was pretty brutal. I mean... Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. His Um, wife didn't even get to finish her coffee. Nope. So, after joining the church, he met Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. No! Yeah. No! Okay. (laughs) In February of 1988, John and Dolores moved to Midlothian, Virginia. 
where Liss became an accountant at Madrea, Joyner, Kirkham, and Woody. Say that five times fast. I was about to say, I'm honestly really proud of you for pronouncing that. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> in 1972, Liss was considered a suspect in the D.B. Cooper air conspiracy, air piracy, sorry, case, because he disappeared a mere two weeks prior to the airline hijacking and the fact that he matched the hijacker's description. I mean, I don't feel like that's out of his realm of possibility it's here. definitely not, but I truly don't think it was him. Yeah? Yeah. Just a hunch. Just a hunch. Hmm. In that's May, wild. Yeah. In May 1989, the horrendous murders were recounted on America's Most Wanted. The segment featured a clay bust that resembled a man with a dark nose, a hark, sorry, a hark nose, grizzled eyebrows, and horn-rimmed glasses. Just like him. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah. It's, essentially, it's not a sketch, it's a bust, like a clay bust. Oh. So people could see, like, the features. Okay. Yeah. Less than two weeks after the episode aired, List was arrested on June 1st after a neighbor recognized his description. List... Busted! By the bus. He continued to stand (laughs) by his alias for several months until a fingerprint matched his military records and evidence found at the crime scene. Got him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He finally confessed his identity on February 16th, 1990. Wow. We're almost to a reunion. Yeah. February 16th? Mm-hmm. Wow. Got him. Yeah. But, like, 20-some years after the wedding. Or after the wedding. <laughs> after the murders. It's mucked up. Okay, 19 years after the murders. Wow. This guy just went and lived on his total normal life for 19 years after killing his entire family. Exactly. It's insane. That's awful. No. Okay. Now we're going to get into his trial. So at trial, List testified that he was in financial trouble in 1971 when he was laid off with the closure of Jersey City Bank. So he wasn't taking his kids on week-long vacations. I see your foreshadow there. Yes. I mean, the kids probably... Did the kids know? I'm assuming no, that they didn't realize that their dad was laid off. Uh, well, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so he didn't originally admit having any financial trouble with his family. Mm. He engaged... In the same routine and would leave each morning dressed like he was going to work and would spend the day instead doing interviews or hanging out at the train station until it was time to go home. This guy's been living alive for decades. Dude, yeah. What? Yeah. He diverted money from his mom's bank account to avoid default on his mortgage. Obviously... With him not getting a job and continuing this facade, the problems just increased. List- so I'm starting to believe it wasn't like, the world is sad and that's why I killed my family. It's like, I failed and can't tell them. Mm-hmm. That's exactly <gasps> it. 
Oh my fuck. He encouraged his children to start looking for jobs with a cover to, quote, teach them maturity and responsibility. When in reality, it was to keep things stable financially. That's terrible. Not only were the finances in trouble, but the marriage between List and Helen was very rocky. Mm. Not only because of her alcoholism, but also because I guess she conned List into marrying her by saying she was pregnant. She was also, this is, okay, I remember this, and we're just going to relive it because it's funny. Um, She was also hiding untreated syphilis that she had contracted from her first husband and concealed for 18 years. (sighs) I honestly don't remember seeing (laughs) you saying that, but wow. Karma's a bitch. (laughs) I mean, not to her. She got killed. Nobody should get killed over syphilis, but like... Oh my god. Yeah. Chokes on him. Like, you might have killed me, but I gave you syphilis. (laughs) You know, not necessarily tit for tat, but it's pretty good. So she pressured Liz to marry her in Maryland, where there was not a required premarital syphilis test that was mandated in most other states at the time. Which is savage. (laughs) It's wild. Oh yeah, like I don't like I don't remember checking anything off like that for our my marriage license. Like there it does like, say like are you greater than second cousins or something like you yes. can't. But it did not say do you have syphilis? Like what? Right. It, maybe that's something they just leave up to the partner's discretion at this point. Like the law doesn't well, need to be involved. So I think back in the 50s like it was presumed that women women would wait to have sex until marriage or well generally both would wait until marriage to have sex and if they did so if you had syphilis it was like you've had sex with many people or like whatever you lose it yeah (laughs) (laughs) no one's a slut we're not slut shaming at all zero percent just so you know Anyways. Nope. I just like that word. It's fun. Yeah. It's um, like slide, but as an adult, it's slid. <laughs> the long you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they got married in Maryland. She convinced him to marry in Maryland. Because she had to have known. She knew. Like, she knew. She, she knew and she didn't tell him. Thousand. And the fact that she concealed it for 18 years. He was probably like, I don't feel so good. And she, every time, was probably like, um, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) no wonder she was drinking, huh? True. Her health was continually declining, but she didn't say anything to List or her doctors until 1969, 1969, when a thorough workup revealed the condition. So do you think that she didn't know it until 19... She had to, because they got married in that state. She totally knew. she knew. She was also known to frequently publicly humiliate List by comparing his, quote, sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Oh, that's an ick. Yeah. Which is very embarrassing. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Not for me to ever feel bad for this guy, but, like... That sucks. That's 
That's terrible. That sucks. It's just a toxic relationship. Yeah. All based on lies. Because she lied about being pregnant. He lied about his finances. Sounds like they're just some really good people for each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he got the last word because he killed her. Yeah. But he shouldn't have killed the kids. That's fucked. Like, the adults can do whatever, but, like, yeah, killed your kids. Exactly. I mean, don't kill your wife either. Just divorce her. I, no, right? yeah. Killing your wife is also oh. not good. <sighs> don't recommend. In trial... A court-appointed psychiatrist testified that List suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and that he only saw two solutions to his situation, which were to either accept welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven. Which is... He picked so incorrectly. Yeah. Wow. You have chosen poorly. Exactly. (laughs) Wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my god. Yeah. On April 12th, 1990, List was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing, he denied responsibility by saying, quote, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I asked all affected, I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer, unquote. That makes me think of his wife's daughter that had moved out and was married. Like she got so lucky. Well, not only that, but, like, now she has to live knowing, like, all her siblings were murdered. Yep. With her mom. Yeah. By her stepdad. Like, that blows my mind. Yep. So, in response to his statement... The judge said, quote, John email list is without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave, end quote. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. I know. He sentenced List to five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, which was the maximum penalty at the time. List filed an appeal on the grounds that his judgment had been impaired due to PTSD from his military service. He also argued that the letter left behind at the crime scene was a confidential communication to his pastor pastor, and therefore inadmissible as evidence. Ah, crap. Both arguments were rejected by court. Good, because, like, dude, you literally murdered your entire family. Nobody's gonna, like... Even quarters of the law would be like, yeah, no, we're going to have to scratch this up, make it real nice and gray. Yeah. You need to rot. Exactly. Rot in jail. Yeah. Yeah. In a 2002 interview with Connie Chung, he showed remorse, and when asked why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven, where he hoped to reunite someday with this family. Which, like, how do you expect to go to heaven after killing your entire family? I have no words at how absolutely stupid that is. Like, he's saying A plus B equals negative 47. Fish. (laughs) Fish, yes. One minus five equals heaven. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely not. That's so terrible. On March 21st, 2008... 
List died of complications from pneumonia at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. Well, that's good. I hope it was like really long, drawn out, yeah. painful, and I mean pneumonia. He just had a really like, bad time. I feel like pneumonia is uh, gonna suck at the end because he's yeah. not gonna be able to breathe. Yeah, that'll get you. He was choking probably on his last breath. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's all and I you have. know. Brenda's, you know, his wife's just sitting there going. Good. Yeah. This is what I asked for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That well, was... that's such a good one because, like, I like having the TV show to context. You know, like, give it more of a visual in my head, I guess. But, like, what a shit person. Dude. Yeah. Insane. Insane that he, like, got away with it for 18 years. And just created a new persona and, like... And the fact that he was able to just take himself out of the pictures around his house and nobody found him. Like, yeah, blows my mind. That, and like, like, never again could anybody ever do that with, like, social media. People take pictures. Like, whatever. But also, but, it's, like, insane to me because how, as a human being, do you have zero remorse and, like, can just move on so quickly from that? It's that, like, uh, good person thing that's, like, in your body that has you not killing people. Yeah. <laughs> That makes you not understand that. A, a conscious? That's what it's called. There we go. <laughs> That's it. There we go. And it's also not hidden by delusion. Like. Yeah. <sighs> Email us at stayinsidepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at stayinsidepodcast. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter at stayinsidepod. <laughs> and now we have a Facebook group. So join that. It's called Stay Inside Podcast Fan Page. Ayo. We'd love to hear from you. And we hope you guys keep listening. Have a good weekend. And don't murder your family. Please don't. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs)